Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Talking Schmodown. Uh, I am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc of the Movie Blog, and uh, I'm here with episode number fifty-six. It's a good, it's a good episode. Uh, not as many matches as we have had to cover in the last few. Uh, we only had the the basic four for the tournament, which is kind of nice. You know, a little bit of an easier week, but uh, nonetheless, had some damn good matches uh, here. Uh, how you guys been doing uh, this week? I've had a pretty damn good week catching up on some movies. Uh, just finally just caught uh, the old guard uh, on Netflix. I gotta say, it was damn good. I really fucking liked it. Charlize Theron is a badass, so uh, I highly recommend checking out the old guard over there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, I guess let's just just get into it. You know what I mean? All right. So uh, this past week. Uh, I checked out backstage, as I always do, uh, and Jeff Snyder was a guest. And I got to say, man, this fucking dude, Christian has Christian went uh, uh, online and said it, but I agree. He is one of the best, if not the best, uh, backstage guests that they've ever had. It was, it was fucking amazing watching him be out there. It was so funny. I loved every second of it. Um, it yeah, yeah, everything about it was great. But uh, th- there was one thing about backstage that I kind of wanted to address, and that's uh, this whole Roca saying that he doesn't consider what Ben Bateman did uh, in the in the Bateman guy match uh, as a perfect game. Now like, I understand people's sides of this whole thing, and how uh, he says, you know, it, it, you know, if the showdown is a sport, you know, you got to compare it like a sport. The, I take issue with that. Okay. Because, like, I'm pretty sure Ben Goddard brought this up in baseball, in football, whatever, and in, in all these other sports. You can't, you you know, if you're ahead by a certain number of points, you don't just end the fucking game. You you keep going to the end. So Ben l- physically had no ability to go to the end because of guy's performance. Okay, now. If let's say they decided that you know from now on, uh, no matter what the score is, they'll go all the way to round three to the you know, to, to that the five point question around three, no matter what, then that's a different story because you're playing the full game no matter what. But because of knockouts and TKOs, it, it, it takes away the ability to do that, and I think saying that it doesn't count kind of strips away what he did in that game because he's the only player to ever go 100%. You know, 100% PPE. It's just the way it is. You know, he, he he's the one who did it. And I think that that should be celebrated 100%. Uh, and I, I 100% think that I consider it a perfect game, you know? Granted, I am a person who will say, oh, okay, you know, they, they answered all of their questions, even if they want to, went to multiple choice, and it's still a perfect game because they, they answered all of their questions. You know, they had a 100% accuracy rate in that match uh, because they, every question that they were given, they, you know, so every ball that was thrown, they hit it, you know, they knocked it out of the park kind of a thing, whatever. Uh, but you know, so to, to to diminish that, I think, is is troublesome, you know, because I feel like if Roka went and did that, you know, if he threw a perfect game like that and knocked somebody out, 
And then people are like, nah, that doesn't count. I really don't think he would take kindly to that. So that's just my opinion. But uh, yeah, I personally feel that Ben Bateman did get a perfect game. Now, yeah, he didn't have to answer his uh, his two his last three questions in round three, but that's that that's not his fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I don't think he should be penalized for that in, in, in any way. All right, and so also this past week, uh, I think it was on Friday's uh, SEN Live. Christian made uh, a big announcement that uh, some new shows were coming to the network and several of them are Schmodown related. Uh, I mean, he has, you know, he, he, he talked about some shows like he's bringing back one-on-one uh, you know, he's uh, they're doing a Dan Merle one, which I'm super, super excited about. Uh, I, th- I think it's called like, what's my, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's essentially where he, uh, he like takes a, a, like a Blu-ray or DVD off of his, shelf and he talks about it and i'm like that sounds fucking awesome and i love dan merle so uh those i'm excited about but the ones that uh some new shows coming up for schmodown specifically related we've got the inner geekdom show which will be hosted by winston marshall uh and this will take a uh, one question from the realm of inner geekdom and it will uh, dive into that in some way not ju- you know so like let's say it's I, I mean you can take any of the questions and it'll just dive into it i mean christian explains it a whole lot better but it sounds really cool uh you know just taking a real deep dive into that topic uh within the world of inner geekdom and i i dig that a whole heck of a lot and i think winston's a great choice for that we've got coming up next that's right so if you guys uh, have been watching on twitch the uh, Jen Sturger and Brad Gilmore preview specials that they have been doing uh, recently for all the sh- for all the throwdowns, uh, their chemistry is fire. And uh, I dubbed the, their show uh, you know, way back uh, "Boats and Schmoes" because they were looking for a name, and they both like commented on it when I did it, and they thought it was really cool. Uh, and so I, I've I've always called it that to myself. I know that's not what it's been called. And I'll be totally honest with you, I will probably still call this uh, Boats and Schmoes as well. <laughs> uh, but uh, coming up next, you know, that's cool. I'm glad that they're getting uh, their own show uh, on the actual network as opposed to just on Twitch, uh, making it really bringing Jen Serger back into the fold a bit, uh, a bit closer to home. I like that. Because a lot of people who follow uh, Schmodown don't necessarily go over to the Twitch channel, you know, and so having it on the YouTube channel, I think will be nice. Uh, and then, of course, we've got Schmodown backstage. You know, that big announcement happened that John Rocco was leaving, and they are replacing him with none other than the crusher, Rachel Cushing. And I think that this is a fantastic choice. It's, I'm, I'm just thrilled that she will be uh, officially back in the, uh, the Schmodown, you know, do, doing her thing there. And I, I just, I am so pumped to see her back. I've missed Rachel, you know, and and just finally getting a chance to have her back in the Schmodown in some capacity. Like after the the Shire Wolves retired, you know, she did some of those uh, like sitting at the table doing commentary kind of stuff. And I loved that. 
but her being on backstage, I think will be great. And I think it will actually help to keep Ben Bateman uh, in line. Uh, so I, I, I'm excited to see, I'm really, really excited to see uh, the energy that she brings to uh, backstage. All right. And the last thing from last week that I want to mention is uh, that they actually, I think it was actually earlier uh, today or, or yesterday. It wasn't technically from last week, but I'm going to talk about it was uh, they officially announced the teams for the team's tournament that is coming up. All right. So we have got for the den, we've got Tom and Paul for swag final exam for the rock stars, the, uh, uh, the odd couple for the dungeon, Wit and Zipper. I'm going to skip a few real quick. Uh, we get down to the usual suspects with Irwin and Guy. Finstock Exchange with the Founding Fathers. Now these, uh, these six right here, you got the Den, Swag, Rockstars, the Dungeon, Usual Suspects, and Finstock Exchange. It was pretty much a almost guarantee uh, of what teams that they were going to be choosing. You know? And, and I, I really... I wasn't shocked. Um, I was almost shocked by uh, the founding fathers pick because there was some question as to whether or not they would actually be in it. But the the three that I want to really talk about here are, let's start with the burning droogs. We've got Jader Paramo and Brandon Hanna. Now, I mean, everybody here, we all know Brandon Hanna. You know, I, I really, <laughs> this guy, he uh, he's something else. And teaming him up with Jader, I, I'm curious on how this will, this dynamic will work. You know, Jader hasn't really kind of come off as, as a heel in that way. You know what I mean? And so I'm wondering if they'll, if they'll kind of clash when it comes to that. But, I mean, I'm interested to see how they work together. I think it's a real interesting uh, interesting pairing and we've got corruption okay so for corruption i mean obviously their main team of mike and chance they are the title holders right now so i mean there's not a lot you can do there but i think that picking a team like marisol mckee and adam collins these two uh rookies who have really kind of made a name for themselves in their debut matches. I think it's, I think it's interesting. I, I, I really think it's going to be going to be magic. You know, the, these two working together, I, I really, really uh, like it. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, what kind of, what kind of stuff they bring to it. And then finally, we got the quirky Mercs. This is the one that I'm most intrigued by. And that's Haley Fouch and Perry Nemiroff. Haley and Perry, uh, if you don't know, are, co-hosts of the of colliders the witching hour podcast it's a horror podcast and they have great chemistry i love the show and i am i love it and and i'm I'm so excited to see them do their thing uh together uh, on a team see how they work as a team like that so yeah uh once again here are the teams we've got the den with tom and paul Swag with final exam, rock stars with the odd couple, the dungeon with uh Adam Witt and Eric Zipper, the quirky Mercs with Haley Fouch and Perry Nemeroff, corruption with Marisol McKee and Adam Collins, burning droogs with Jader Paramo and Brandon Hanna, usual suspects with Ethan Irwin and Guy, and the Finstock Exchange 
with the founding fathers. All right. So, hey, I, I'm excited. Let me let me know uh, who do you think will be uh, the team to look out for. I mean, I feel like a lot of you are probably going to say uh, the founding fathers, but are you excited for any of these other new teams? So, head down into uh, onto Twitter here, right down there at Movie Blog Merc, and let me know who do you think one of these other teams is going to uh, kind of shine throughout this tournament. I'd love to hear uh, everybody's thoughts. All right. So we are going to get into some matches. Yeah, that's right. We're going to start off with our first match of the evening. And that is Lightning Liz Shannon Miller representing Swag versus the Dens Rachel the Switchblade Silvestrini. That's right. I'm a huge, huge Rachel Silvestrini fan. Uh, I'm always, always, you know, I always have her back. Um, and so when, when this match came about, I was like, I was, of course, I was like, it's Rachel all the way. Rachel is who I've got. Unfortunately, things didn't pan out that way. She had a, she had a bit of a rough match here and it happens, unfortunately. But, uh, before we actually get into the match, uh, Ellis was not, there to today so this match was actually host or uh the commentators were christian and danny ramirez from call to action so i thought that was kind of cool seeing uh a you know, call to action kind of being brought up a little bit into uh the sphere here and getting a little bit of, of attention that way danny she was really good i really liked what she did uh on the desk so so we got into round number one it was a pretty standard round Really, nothing crazy. Couple of misses, you know. Uh, Danny did great, like I said, uh, on the desk. Uh, seven to six in favor of Liz. Like I said, nothing, nothing stood out about this about this round. Nothing crazy. And uh, sometimes that's what you need. You need a non-controversial first round. But like I said, Liz, Liz in the lead, and that doesn't always mean anything. You know, it doesn't always mean that you know you're going to win. We've seen that a lot, especially last week. We saw that a lot happen, where uh, you know people coming. You know, coming from a huge deficit, you know, tie in the second round and win in the in the end, you know, or, or almost win in the end, you know. So, it definitely happens. All right, so we get into round two. Liz defers, and Rachel spins Nora Efron, and nah, she doesn't care. She's not feeling it. Respins uh, after saying that she thinks she would do well in it, you know. So she was. She was, it seemed like she was contemplating it, but she like, I don't know if it was like a second guess or she just really thought she could land on something even better, but she lands on 2010s and does not do good here. She gets three out of eight points in a really, really rough round here. She gave up three points in steals. And, and I, I gotta say, as a, as a, as a huge switchblade fan, this was hard to watch. It really hurt to, to see her kind of do so poorly here. And, and I really think she should have stuck with Nora Efron. She seemed like, she seemed like she was confident in it. And so I, I'm sad that she didn't wind up sticking with it. All right. So then it winds up being Liz's turn and she spins and she winds up landing on spinners choice. I mean, <laughs> You know, Rachel had this real bad first round or second round, and then her opponent gets spinner's choice. It's like it's just like sticking the knife in and then just twisting it. You know what I mean? 
Uh, so she winds up picking uh, SNL movies, which I thought was an interesting choice. But then when you think about it, I'm pretty sure this was the first time the category had ever been done. You know what I mean? Like no one had ever chosen this category. So it's like all kind of fresh, pretty surface level kind of stuff. I mean, I got all of them right. I would have gotten eight points in this category, you know, and, and with the questions that she had. But like I said, I felt like they were pretty surface level so it was a smart move, you know, especially if you've watched these movies, you know, even a couple of times, really. Uh, and I haven't watched most of these movies in years, but it's just, you know, stuff that I've watched multiple times in the past and remembered. And she she destroyed it, man. She got seven out of eight, only had to go to multiple choice once. Uh, and she she did a damn good job. It was good strategy picking this this category. So we get into round three. And Rachel hits her two, but then she misses her three. However, as they are announcing Liz as the winner, because at this point she Rachel needed more points. They, like if she missing her three results in a TKO. As they're announcing Liz as the winner, Kate and Rachel challenge the question. Uh, and I took a, a little video clip. And I'm going to play here. So take a look at this challenge. Five, four, three. Sterling K. Brown and Blake Lively. One. And you're a winner. By way of technical knockout, Liz Shannon Miller. The two leads of the movie were Blake Lively and Jude Law were the two main leads of the movie. Are you, I see you have a question on your... Are you bringing Kate? Yeah, I want to talk to Kate. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the real question is how do we distinguish a lead? Do we, is it, That's it, the question. It, what's the industry standard? Is the first two people, is it, is it open credit billing? Like who, is it, what is it? Is it the first two people listed in the credits? Because Sterling so, K. Brown was a very prominent character, like one of the main leads in the movie. And also, so, Sterling K. Brown doesn't take supporting anymore. You know what I'm saying? So how do we? How so do we? So Robert, this is an official challenge. Yes, this yeah, is a challenge. Yes, official challenge. Official yeah. challenge. Yeah. Right, we would me, like. To, we would like to know how uh, how lead is determined. Great. I'm gonna get on the uh, call here with uh, with PJ, and we will be back in uh, just a moment. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, and we are back after some deliberation. So even though the question itself talks specifically about the woman who trains with a professional, and those are the two particular characters, it wasn't specific enough to ask Rachel Silverstrini who played those particular characters. So we thought the challenge inside of that of being confused of who was in the movie and not specific enough on which characters and which leads, we we're going to award the challenge to Rachel Silverstrini and give her a new question. Okay, thank so, you. Appreciate it. So we why a new yeah. question if well, but that's that. I mean, yes, a new question makes yeah. sense in the fact that like it's, it's, too- it's a new question because it's not, it's it's not because the question itself, what the intent of the question was specifying the teacher and the and the woman that Blake Lively plays. 
So that is the question was asking for, but because it was not specific enough and it confused you, we're giving you another question. So then I also retain my JTE that I used on that. You do because because the question itself because the question itself is getting thrown out. So you would not you will not be charged. You have one more JTE left. Great, we appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Good challenge here as we are going to move both Winston and the game is not over, Danny. Okay, so as as you just saw, you know, uh, Rachel was awarded a new question. Um, I so before I get into what happened after that, I wanna I wanna address the whole challenge thing. I do believe that the challenge was a worthy challenge. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, it was up, upheld for a reason. Um, I, I I fully agree with with uh, Kate and and Rachel pulling that challenge out. Because, yeah, it was like, I haven't seen the movie, okay? But I, I, I knew Blake Lively was in it. And so I was able to at least get her. But, you know, like she she says, Sterling K. Brown is a, apparently a really big part of this movie. I'm like, okay, well, if, if that is the case, I can see... You know, I can see a case for this challenge. As as it's going on, I'm saying this to myself. And so the fact that it was upheld, I was like, okay, I was really happy about that. Um, and then I, I did see some people uh, online kind of complaining about the outcome of that and her getting a, a new question instead of being, like, awarded the points. But I have to say, uh, I mean, a lot of times I disagree with, with, you know, the way challenges go down and whatnot. And you've heard me kind of do that you know kind of shout about it quite a few times but i'm not going to do that here because i actually do fully agree with how this challenge was handled on both sides um the 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 question was specifically asking for two specific people and it was just worded confusingly and there is precedent in several past matches where if the the wording of the question isn't clear enough and it confuses an op- a contestant that they will throw the question out and then a new one will be given. So I actually fully agree with uh, the way this whole thing went down. And I, I, I bravo to Christian and everybody uh, who, you know, in the background who handled it as well as they did. I thought it was, I thought they did a damn good job. So like I said, Rachel, you know, she got a new question. Uh, unfortunately, she was not able to answer that question. Uh, and you could tell it was right on the tip of her tongue, which kind of hurts even more. You know, it, it, that's a, it's a huge it's a huge hit for Rachel. So Liz wins. You know, uh, as they had started to announce before, uh, after the first uh, question was, or after that first three pointer was was, was missed, uh, Liz wins uh, TKO seventeen to eleven. Big win for Swag here, bringing in four points for the faction. It's huge. Huge, huge, huge. However, this puts Rachel at 0-4 in singles. It's not good. And it makes me wonder what her plans will be going forward. Um, Now, we've seen people leave the game with records like this. You know, completely just go. And I love watching her play. And I really, really don't want her to leave. Um... Maybe she needs a, I don't, I don't know what it is, but she needs to break this losing streak somehow. Uh, unfortunately, she is 
now done completely for the season because as we as I already said, uh, the Den will be putting Tom uh, and Paul into the team's tournament and not uh, the Pride. The Pride will not be in the team's tournament, which is uh, a little disappointing there. So Rachel is done for the season. So I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see if she returns to the Schmodown in Season 8. But uh, I really hope she does. I really hope that she's able to up up her game because I know if you look at who the types of play, she's played some fucking elite players. If you go back through and you look who she has played, fuck man, like there's no it, it's it, it's nothing to nothing to hang your head about. You know what I mean? And so I hope that uh, she's able to really kind of spruce up her knowledge and maybe get not necessarily uh, you know get a softball kind of match, but just something to, to break her streak, you know, to get her out of this funk. Uh, I really want to see her do well and go on a run. I really, I really, really do. So I hope, hope that I, we, we get to see that. Uh, so uh, Liz will go on now to play chance in round two of the tournament. And uh, Kate is, is, you know, she, she's putting a lot of backing into the pride, but again, I'm shocked that, uh, that she didn't put them in the tournament, you know? Uh, maybe she's thinking, you know, giving Tom and Paul a chance because they, I don't, honestly, I'm not 100, I can't honestly remember if they played, you know, it's, this whole year has been kind of a blur, to be totally honest with you, and so I don't remember if they played at all uh, earlier before uh, COVID and all this other shit went down. But it was a little bit of a shock, you know, I, I thought it was going to be the pride, but it wound up being Tom and, uh, and Paul. And so, uh, you know, we'll see how they do. And I hope that, I hope that Paul steps up out of, of, you know, his funk. I know, you know, after, after Karen passed away, it was tough, you know, and I, I, I know, I mean, there's no way that it didn't affect him. I mean, that was the love of his life. You know what I mean? I mean, my father recently passed away and you know, I'm going to be an open book and be completely frank with you guys. My wife left me as well. You know, uh, you know, that happened within three months of one another. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I understand losing the things that you love in life and it affects you. It really, really affects you. And so I know that this has has affected him. You can you can tell, uh, and I love Paul. He's he's like I I talked to him on a personal level. You know, I mean, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> he found out that me and him went to the same college. Uh, it was I think we, we we were there like four years apart or something like that because he's a little bit older than I am. Uh, and we just like he he messaged me one day. You know, after he saw that. And uh, we just started chatting and stuff, and and he was there for me when when my dad passed away. You know, he's one of the one of the few that re- actually reached out, and so I, I've always rooted for him, and I'm really hoping that they do that. Him and Tom, and I I love Tom. He's, Tom's great, and so I'm really hoping that they do really well here. Um, it's definitely needed for the Den. Den has slipped down quite a bit, unfortunately. Uh, they're like right about the middle of the faction standings right now. So hopefully they'll be able to uh, get back up on top or at least near the top. We'll see. All right. So our next matchup 
is Jeff the Insnider Snyder versus Robert the Party Crasher Montano. We got the rock stars versus the usual suspects here. Yeah, let's get this going. Uh, I'm excited for it. Robert has not had the best of luck in the Schmodown. One in four in teams. Uh, two not-so-great free-for-all runs. I was really hoping that this would be the match that would turn things around for him. But unfortunately, that's not really the case. Uh, going into this match, Jeff was a little over a 500 player. Nine and seven. So uh, when when Roxy was like, you know, why isn't he considered for Mount Rushmore? I'm like, mm, that's one reason. Now I'm not saying it's the only reason because uh, a lot of the players, you know, like like look at look at a John Roca, he's like a six to seven hundred player kind of a kind of a level, somewhere in that range. Uh, but I think that the real reason that I wouldn't put Jeff on uh, the, the Mount uh, on my personal Mount Rushmore, he's so inconsistent. You know, you never really know what he's going to do. You never really know if he's going to be able to pull out a win. You know, sometimes he gets in his own head and he just fucks himself or he gives up, you know, and he likes to say that that's not what happened, but that's what happened. And so that's a big reason right there. If he could, if he could stop doing shit like that, then we'll have a different conversation. All right. So we get into round number one. Sam questioned uh, that Christian started off the count at four during one of these questions. And I had to rewind it. To make sure, you know, I, I was like, he's like, this whole thing happens because uh, Robert tries to answer, but or tries to ask for a repeat, but he was too late, kind of a thing. And so Sam was, you know, th th they talk about a delay, but then apparently uh, he's like, no, we're, we're you know, we're not doing uh, stuff with delays. Uh, however, this happens again, if I'm not mistaken, later on. In the week, we see the opposite of this, but we'll get there, I think. Um, like I said, Sam questioned that that Christian started the count at four. Christian's like, I mean, I've never started a count at four, you know, before, and so I don't think that that's what happened. But you know, you never know. And so I re-listened to, it. like I said, I I, I rewound it. And I listened. I had rewatch it a couple of times, and he definitely started at five. The problem is he. It was so fucking low. Like he was like, he was like five, four, you know, like he started off almost at like a fucking whisper. I don't know why. I don't know why he was like essentially like mumbling and talking under his breath uh, for it. And so like, if, if you may not hear it until three or whatever, and like you're in the midst of things, and it's like, Oh wait, what, where's the how, three, what, where the fucking count come from? And Yeah. So it makes me wonder if Robert even heard the count start. You know what I mean? And and so, I don't know. It was. It, I mean, it's not Christian's fault. He did. He did. He did count. Um, I just think I don't. I doubt that he was even conscious of the fact that he was talking as low as he was. You know. You know, shit happens, unfortunately. Uh, so, okay. So I noticed that uh, in this match. They asked the opposite question of a, uh, of one that they asked in the Liz Rachel match. Um, in the Liz Rachel match. They asked uh, a question about who played Roland in the Dark Tower, 
And, you know, obviously the answer is Idris Elba. And this one, they ask the, uh, the Matthew McConaughey part of it, which whose name uh, for the life of me, I can't fucking remember. Whatever. But I just thought that was kind of interesting that they asked like back to back matches. They asked like the opposite side of, of the same type of essentially the same question, I guess you could say. Uh, which I just thought was interesting. I was not expecting that, especially like back to back matches. So I thought that was I thought that was fascinating, and wanted to just mention it. Um, okay, and so I've said this lots of times: pen and paper. Stop it! It's not a good choice. Jeff had pen and paper, and it was extremely difficult to read his answers. Extremely difficult, and that's problematic because if there's a spelling error or something. Uh, how are you supposed to really see it? You know, you're not going to catch that because of how light it is. You're not going to be like, hey, hold it up there. Let me see every single fucking time. You're just not. So I feel like if you're using paper, you should be using a marker, like a thick marker, so that you can see a thick black marker so you can see it. Or just fucking go to Walmart or the dollar store or fucking wherever and just buy a cheap little fucking whiteboard with a dry erase fucking marker. And there, like it, I don't understand. If you're going to be playing this fucking game virtually, get a fucking whiteboard and stop being a bitch. Like, I'm so sick. I'm so sick of pads of paper, notebooks, fucking uh, index cards. First off, it's a big fucking waste of paper. Huge waste of paper. People are like, they wrote down an answer. Huh? Rip. There it goes. Thanks for killing a tree, guys. Like, get a, get a fucking whiteboard. You use it in the actual game, like in the studio. Get one for here. I feel like Christians should mandate that they all have fucking whiteboards. You know, I'll fucking send, uh, I'll, I'll fucking take 200 bucks and go buy a shit ton of fucking whiteboards. I'll fucking mail them to you guys. Like, this is getting ridiculous. Get a whiteboard. This is the hill that I'm dying on right now. Get a fucking whiteboard. All right. <sighs> so Jeff got pretty close to a perfect round here. Uh, Robert almost got that last question with El Dorado. Uh, <laughs> but the question, the answer was a road to El Dorado real close there. Uh, but I mean, even with that, I mean, the, that kind of, that whole thing, it kind of, kind of epitomizes Robert's whole first round here. You know, not good, not good at all. Seven to four in favor of Jeff. However, like we've seen multiple times. You know, we had last week we saw multiple people go for exactly a seven to four, or I think it was it was, it was a seven to four and a nine to six or an eight eight to five kind of a score. It's like a three point deficit, and then tie up in the in the second round. So it's not like you know it's not the end of the world when you when when you're there. And I still had hope. All right, I was like, come on, Robert, come on, Robert. Then we get into round number two. Jeff defers and Robert spins thrillers. Uh, not horror thrillers, just thrillers because they split those up and I'm so happy they did. Uh, he respins and it lands on that dreaded opponent. It's Trent's choice. <laughs> uh, and is then given thrillers. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. You know what I mean? He didn't want it. But he didn't do too bad. He did okay. He got five out of eight points here. Uh, he did give up one point uh, in a steal. And you know, being so far behind, having you know, being three points behind it in round one, it's not a great place to be. You don't want to miss this many and give a steal. You know what I mean? 
So it, it's just not a great place to be because uh, then you have to kind of bank on your opponent doing poorly in round two. Uh, so Jeff goes up, he spins Eddie Murphy, and he keeps it. Even though he did, said he didn't really feel super confident about it, but he kept it anyways. Uh, or uh, Mark w- was pretty happy about it because every time someone lands on it, they always spin away from it. So uh, he was pretty happy about that. Uh, again, not you know he did just as well as Robert here. Uh, the only difference uh, in this round is that Robert didn't get a steal. You know, five out of eight points for Jeff. No steals here, and that the fact that he did not get the one steal opportunity. Uh, means that it widened up the gap to four, where it was a three-point gap at the end of round one. Now it's a four-point gap, 13-9 to nine in favor of the Insnider. So we get into round number three. Robert totally blanks on Woody Harrelson for his two-point question, and he was struggling so hard to pull it. I had it right away, but, you know, I'm just sitting here on my couch, you know? And fuck, when I did what the my premiere, my one episode so far of watching Schmodown, where I uh, did a watch along of the uh, Guy Bateman and uh, Jericho Kevin Smith uh, throwdown, where I did a, a full watch along of that, Th- that happened to me a lot. I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh man, come on, come on, come on, trying to pull answers out, and just couldn't couldn't do it, you know. Uh, so it unfortunately it does happen. But uh, he tried, couldn't get it, and then he could not get his three, which means that if he if he missed his five, it would be a TKO. But luckily for him, he fucking nails that five point question. Even I think Jeff was shocked. He didn't think that uh, he thought this was going to be the end. He even wrote, I believe, on his pad of paper TKO because he really thought. Uh, uh, Robert was going to miss that question, but he didn't. So luckily he prevented the TKO. Uh, unluckily though, Jeff nails his two point and wins the match 14 to 13, getting three points for the rock stars. Uh, Roxy s- sits there. She, she calls Robert mean and a jerk. When I'll be honest with you, her and she and Jeff are probably two of the biggest jerks in the showdown right now. Like, like get off your horse, Roxy. Like, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the way she heals it up, I guess you could say. I just, I, I don't, I'm not a fan. I just, I'm not a fan. Like she is so grating when it comes to the way she acts toward the other players. And I personally am just not, I don't like it. And that's all there is to say about it. All right. So we are halfway through this thing. And uh, so right now we're going to take a quick break. And uh, you can uh, listen to some ads for some of the other shows right here on Merc with a Movie Blog. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, I'll be right back. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean. You guys might know me on this feed from co-hosting Beyond the Screen. But now here at Merc with a Movie Blog, we have started a brand new show exclusively for video games called Game Over Stream. So, join me every week with my co-hosts. Hey, how's it going? My name's Brendan. And I'm Tyler. As we talk about everything video game related, and when we, I guess, get to the game over screen. I don't know, I don't have a good pun for that, but the joke is that we're going to die a lot in the game. <laughs> well, you might.
Hey, Jay Wade here to tell you about SEN Afterlife, our SEN Live After Show, where we talk about, well, whatever Christian Brett and the rest of the crew talk about and the insanity that ensues. So join us each week here on the Merc with the Movie blog feed on your podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube now on the SEN Afterlife channel. Talk to you then. everybody, Sean and Wade here to tell you about our new review show following each episode of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Dude, yes! Boba Fett! Not exactly, Wade. Set in the Star Wars universe, The Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi and follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter beyond the reaches of the New Republic. Yeah, Boba Fett. Did you even watch Return of the Jedi? Never mind. Join us here every week on the Merc with the Movie blog feed. <laughs> Thank God Galen will be here too. I don't think I can handle Wade on my own. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years. As we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's names, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Hey guys, it's Sean. I wanted to tell you guys about the new show I'm hosting, the Harry Potter Review Show. Every other week, I'm joined by some combination of Kaylin, Sarah, and one guest that has never read the books. We discuss one movie per episode and break down what we love about them, what we don't love about them, and the differences from the books to the movies. It's a ton of fun, and I hope you guys will tune in to check it out. Until then, mischief managed. All right, so uh, be sure to check out all those shows right over on Merc with a movie blog. Uh, it's anchor.fm slash movie blog Merc, just like whoop right there at movie blog Merc uh, and on the anchor feed there. Some great, great stuff. We got some uh, some stuff coming. Uh, I mean, SEN After Live is now uh, actually doing video, so it has its own YouTube feed as well. So be sure to check that out. Subscribe over there. They're trying to get up to 100, so be sure to subscribe to the SEN After Live YouTube feed as well. Uh, Jay Wade, uh, who hosts that, he's been doing live shows. Uh, so every uh, Wednesday and Friday, he's doing them. Uh, like 15 minutes after uh, SEN Live ends, he hops on, starts the live show. Goes for about 30, 45 minutes or so. So definitely be checking that out and uh, uh i know that uh jay wade and uh sarah are going to be doing go get that rose uh, live as well uh so check that out and we've got a few other shows coming to the feed uh eventually soon we've got some, some stuff in the works and i'm pretty excited about what we got coming down the pike so be sure to check all that stuff out right here on merc with the movie blog all right so we are going on to the third match of the week, and that is Finstock Exchange with the Barbarian versus the Burning Droogs, Whitney the Beauty Seibold. That's right. Okay, so I have always talked about this. Whitney is one of those guys who it seems to always have an issue learning the game. Uh, and so when going into the ma- this match, I was like, ah, I guess we'll have to see. You know, we, we saw 
we saw um, Alonzo Duralde. We saw Jim Vavida. And we saw Matt Atchity. Those three plus Whitney are the four I've always talked about who are the four who just don't seem to understand the game. Those other three I mentioned seem to have learned, been learning the game recently, as you've seen in their most recent matches. Uh, now, again, you know, going into this match, I was like, we'll see. But I got to say, I think I think. I think he's. I think he's really catching on to it. I think that they're starting to really take it a bit more seriously. Uh, I'm sure some of them just still don't study and they're just doing that. But it's for me. It's more about them knowing how to play the game because it was always so frustrating when they do things like uh, the countdown clock ends and there's like, oh yeah, can, can I get a repeat? Can I get a repeat? It's like no, you can't fucking get a repeat. Or when they go through round two and don't use fucking multiple choice and miss like fucking two or three of them. It's like, guys, multiple choice, come on. And it's like, it was a constant thing. So um, it's nice to see some of these guys really kind of stepping it up and, and learning the game. Uh, and the Barbarian, man, he's a great fucking rookie in this league. And I got to say, man, I am super looking forward to seeing his career just flourish. I, I love his personality. He does some fun, fun entrances. He always does. Uh, not not many people do entrances during this uh, this digital age, uh, so it's nice to see some people still actually doing it. Uh, and he's one of the few. And uh, Whitney had some pretty solid, low key jabs in there about uh, Elvis, about uh, uh, the barbarian's little uh, pet there that he uh, he's always got. Uh, I think he called him Elvis Costello, something like that. I don't know. He, he had some good low-key kind of jabs where it almost seemed like he was giving – I think he called him a pelt uh, and, and all this other stuff. So I, I, I thought that was kind of funny. He was kind of working that little heel angle there. I dug it. Uh, so we get into round number one. Good, solid round from both of these players. They only missed one question each, seven to seven coming out. This is the kind of round you want to see. You know what I mean? I mean, outside of, you know, perfect rounds, those are always, those are always good, but you know, it, it always sucks when one player is just shit in the bed here. You know what I mean? And so it's real nice. You know, they're, they're answering their questions. There's not a lot of controversy. They're just doing their thing. And this is exactly what I like to see in a round one. So then we get into round number two, uh, barbarian spins, Scorsese doesn't like it, decides to respin and lands on Oscars and does really good. Hell of a good round here. By Barbarian, uh, seven out of eight points. He gets all, he he you know answers all of his questions. Only has to go to multiple choice one time. So that's uh, man, this guy he's going places. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And so Whitney goes up, spins uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Nah, said does not uh, does not feel that. Though I feel like he could have done well in it. I really do. Uh, he respins and lands in spy films, and you can tell right as soon as he hits it. He was not feeling it. I think he was regretting spinning away from Leo. He probably should have stuck with it. Uh, he thought he could do better, so I get it. But it's kind of like what happened with Rachel, where she landed on Nora Ephron and then spun away, even though she th- stated that she, you know, could you know probably do pretty good in it, and then landed on a category that she just kind of flunked at, you know, unfortunately. And the 2010s is a tough one. It's so broad and it's not the 2010s. I mean, it's yes, it's recent, 
you know, it's the last 10 years, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of movies, you know what I mean? And, and I feel like they're going to pull from stuff that may not be as uh, well known as they would be in some of the other, uh, other decades. I don't know. You know, I, I just don't know. I, I, I try personally, I would try to stay away from uh, decades and, and if you're confident in that first spin, if you're pretty confident in it, I'd say go for it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it's too big of a risk when you're already down. But anyways, we're we're not talking about that match anymore. We're talking about this match. Uh, and he only winds up picking up four out of the eight points, gives away a one-point steal. Uh, he, man, he's lucky because he missed that last question without going to multiple choice. But... Barbarian wasn't able to answer it either. So he's lucky because it could have been a three points of steel. You know, this could have been a huge, huge gap here. You know, uh, another three points or another, another two points swing. I mean, it would have, it would have put, uh, That was six-point deficit. Luckily for him, it's only a four-point deficit going in. 15 to 11 in favor of the Barbarian. So we get into round number three. Okay. Whitney gets his two, misses his three. Luckily for him, because if he had missed his five, this would have been a TKO. He did not. He did hit his five. So luckily for, for him and for his team, that you know, it, it prevents another team from getting that extra point from the TKO. However, Barbarian easily able to hit his two and his three and wins the match 20 to 18. Three points for the Finstock Exchange here. I gotta say, Whitney did seem to have a better grasp. However, uh, I do think he, uh, I don't know if he jumped the gun on that last, uh, that last, uh, Round two question or what it was, he probably should have gone to multiple choice. You know, it unfortunately it happens. It, it happens to the best of them. Um, and it makes me wonder if all the having f factions and being in factions, having managers and all this other stuff, if it's helped these guys to really learn the game because they've got people to lean on. They got people who can kind of show them what they're what they're lacking in that in that kind of aspect and. Uh, I, I I'm really I really think it's a beneficial thing that the, this whole faction thing has happened. I think it's been real beneficial for a lot of players. All right, so next up is our final match of the week, and that is Mark Yodi Riley of the Finstock Exchange versus the Dungeons Video Drew. That's right, Video Freaking Drew. It seemed like we were getting a toned down version. Uh, in this match, he kind of talks about that a little bit. Uh, and I thought about this. I was like, well, are we going to get a toned down version or is this just a trick? And I mean, I think she was a little bit toned down. Uh, she still, I mean, she was still doing the, her, her weirdness, which I love. Uh, she had some creepy fucking dolls and a green screen dress, which I thought was hilarious. But uh, yeah, you know, still doing the creepy kind of shit. And, uh, you know, Doing her thing. I like it. She's getting around one. All of a sudden, Christian is giving people leeway. I talked about this before. <sighs> Riley asks for a, a repeat after the count. 
you know, they, they claim it's the delay. Maybe it is. However, there's been two or three other instances already where they're like, nope, sorry, you're not getting it. Nope. Is what it is. Sorry. No, uh, no JTE for you. But then his buddy, Mark Riley, gets the leeway. Ah, it's a bad look, man. It's a bad look. And maybe, you know, you know, maybe behind the scenes, you guys decided, okay, from this point forward, we've had a couple of issues. From this point forward, we'll give a little bit of leeway when it comes to these delays. And it just happened to have, you know, the first time that it popped up happened to be Mark Riley. Uh, and that's possible. I'm not saying that there's some sort of weird favoritism going on. It just, it just, it didn't look good. And uh, it, it kind of angered me because, I mean, there, it, a big deal was made about it in other matches. And I just didn't, I didn't like how it all kind of shook out. You know what I mean? So this was not, not a stellar round for either competitor. Five to five. Both Mark Riley and Video Drew missing three questions each. Oof. Oh, that's not where you want to be, man. Not for who. That is not a good way to go. I mean, being tied, I guess, is fine because it just kind of evens out that the playing field there. But five points is not a good look is really what it's all about. You know, it's just it's not, especially if you're going to whoever the winner winds up being, you know, going forward. It, it's, it's like you got to make sure you're getting more than that. So we get into round number two. Riley spins SNL movies and he's, he's like uh, spins away from it. And later on. He says something, uh, you know, like, you know, too many deep cuts. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? It's only ever been spun like one fucking time. We just saw it. So it's like you probably, you know, maybe you just don't haven't watched these movies or haven't watched them in a very, very long time. Uh, but I feel like you probably probably would have had a decent round here maybe because I don't know, surface level type shit. Instead, he lands on, on Denzel Washington, and he does okay. He does he gets five out of eight points. And on another five here uh, gives away a one-point steal, though, to Video Drew. And so then Video Drew gets in and spins Mel Brooks, keeps it, and she does five out of eight points here, too. It's like, I don't know what's going on with these guys. Five points here, five points there. But one difference is she did not give up – I mean, she – Gave up a potential steal, but uh, unfortunately for Mark Riley, he did, was not able to capitalize on that steal, and it uh, it gave Video Drew the uh, lead here, eleven to ten. Rough, rough game so far for both these players, but you know Video Drew taking the lead here, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Round number three hits, and Riley he's up first, gets his two point question. Video Drew misses hers, but. It gets onto her three. Unfortunately, not able to get that one either. So it comes down to the five. And this is rough. You know, it's already a poor, poor game. 10 to 11. You know what I mean? That, that's not two rounds, 10 to 11 or 11 to 10. Yeah, you know, that's not good. <laughs> but then to miss you both, your two and your three. And then she misses her five. Oh, man. That is rough. That is so rough, man. 
And because uh, Riley was behind, this is not a TKO because he was behind and had to answer a question. Um, but yeah, she was unable to answer any of her questions. Um, shit, man, this this was a this was a hard a hard match to watch. Uh, Riley, I mean Riley wins. He picks up the win, which is good. I'm you know happy, happy for Riley. Twelve to eleven, it was the final score. Twelve to eleven in a three round match. Three points to to the exchange, but man, ooh. Um. Christian says he makes this comment that I'm I was not happy about. He says uh, video Drew played really really well, but Mark Riley needs to do better. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? They tied in round one. They essentially tied in round two. The only difference was video Drew got one steal, one point of steals. But then Mark got his two. And Vito Drew missed all three of her round three questions. So why are you saying that Video Drew played really, really well and Mark Riley needs to do better? What it sounds like is you are either underestimating Video Drew and saying, oh, we expected her to do shitty, but she did she did good. And then we expected Riley to do fucking amazing. He did shit. That's fucking bullshit. And I hate, I hate that. They both need to do better. It, I'm sorry, but Video Drew did not play really, really well. She did not. Five points in round one, five points in round two, and missing all of her three uh, round three questions. That is not Video Drew playing really, really well. I'm sorry, but it's not. But on the flip side, on the same side, Riley did not play very well. Not at all. Because he did the same fucking thing, and he missed a steal. No, maybe he would have done great in round three. Maybe he would have gotten all of this uh, questions. I don't know. Doesn't matter because those first two rounds were poor for both players. Neither of them did well. They both need to do better. And the fact that Christian was kind of putting that weight on Mark Riley like that, I think is bullshit. Don't do that, guys. That's that. That's messed up. Um. So, uh, hashtag. Video Drew is overrated. She said that, uh, why is nobody saying that Video Drew is overrated? You know, uh, why Why not? So, you know what? I'm going to say it. Video Drew is overrated. I put, uh, I, I put it in one of the Facebook groups. And somebody, like a couple of people were like, somebody put like an angry face on it. Somebody put uh, like a sad face on it. And I'm like, guys. Did you not watch the match? Like it's 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 uh, it is a clear reference to the end of the video Drew match. Now I know some people don't watch these the ends of the matches. We had a person on the Merc crew. I'm not gonna call this person out by name, <laughs> but we had a person on the Merc crew who would watch the matches and then bounce. She, you know, this person would not watch. Uh, promos uh would fast forward through all that stuff start the the questions once the the match was over they were out but hashtag video drew is overrated i mean she's not really but uh, <laughs> i love video drew she's, she's she's fantastic but again they both needed to do better here yeah 
it is what it is, guys. It's just the way the shit goes down. All right, and that's it. That is this week in Schmodown. So uh, we've got a few other things to kind of wrap up here. Uh, I'm going to take a quick look here at the bracket now. All right. So we have got a couple of round two. Uh, I think we got we have four round two matches already set. And then, you know, four half matches set. Uh, so we have got uh, Brendan Meyer versus Mark Andreco. Chance Ellison versus Liz Shannon Miller. Jader Paramo versus Tom. And Perry Nemiroff versus Mark Riley. Uh, and then we've also, you know, uh, got the Barbarian, Lon Harris, Eric Zipper, and Jeff Snyder awaiting their opponents. Now, I, I, I'm pretty excited for the Mark Andrego Brendan Meyer match. I think that's going to be a killer match. Uh, Chance Ellison versus Lisha and Miller should be pretty damn good. Uh, Jader Paramo versus Tom. Uh, we'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe Jader can pull out, you know, a, an, an upset here. I, I, I'm rooting for Tom. I think Tom's got the edge here, but uh, I guess we'll see. But then the Perry Nemiroff Mark Riley match is what's got me interested. If Mark Riley, if if he's if he doesn't do better, we could see another upset. We could see Perry make it to the third fucking round. I think that's awesome. I think that would be fucking stellar to see Perry make it all the way uh, up there. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. All right. So then we got faction standings at all these points. They got to add up to something, right? All right. So like I always do, starting off the bottom where they've been for quite a while, the usual suspects with nine points, the burning Drugs at eight with 12 points, the dungeon at number seven with 17 points. The Rockstars at in sixth place with 18 points. The Den at fifth with 20 points. Like I said, the Den riding right there, solid in the middle. 20 points right in the middle. Uh, holding up that number four spot, we got the Quirky Mercs with 22 points. Then our top three, which have been bouncing back and forth for a while now, kind of up and down, switching, switching, switching. Right now, we've got number three, Corruption with 38 points. Swag at number two with 39 points, real close. And then the Finstock Exchange pulling up back into first place with 41 points. Now, it helps when you've got more matches than anybody. If you look right there, they've played 23 matches, you know, and they had a couple of matches just this week, you know. So it, it happens. It makes sense that, uh, you know, but. Hey, you, <laughs> you're good. You're good. You know, and I think it's going to be, it's going to be a three-way battle for, uh, this, this top spot, you know, with swag corruption and, and the, the FinSec exchange, who's going to actually wind up winning. I don't know, but, uh, it's going to be a fucking fight, man. And I'm excited. All right. So then we have got the schedule for next week for technically this week. Uh, so yesterday we saw William Bibiani versus uh, uh, Mr. White there. James White, I totally blanked on your name, and I apologize, man. William Bibiani versus James White was yesterday. Today, earlier today we saw Paul Oyama versus Marisol McKee. Tomorrow we will get Ethan Irwin versus Vinny Mancuso. On Thursday we'll get John Roca versus Adam Collins. 
And then on Friday, we are getting a new Schmodown throwdown. We will be seeing the machine, Janine the machine, versus the Warfather, followed by a big, big match here. Dangerous Dan Merle versus Ben the Boss Bateman in their rematch here. Can Ben Bateman finally defeat Dan Merle to take the titles? We'll see. We'll see if he can do it. Uh, he lost his title to Dan last time they fought. So can it switch around and go uh, that way for him? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but uh, the only other thing that's left here is uh, if you ha if you're a patron you got to make sure you check out the MCU championship exhibition match Sean Gerber Jay Washington uh Winston Marshall Eric Zipper it's good stuff man you, you got to check it out I really hope you guys do uh, if you're not a patron hop on to fucking patreon man sign up for one dollar you'll eventually get that match uh, right now I believe it's available for the five dollar and up patrons right now if I'm not mistaken uh, it could, it, may, it might be available for the one dollar patrons, uh, for all the patrons, but uh, one dollar a month, man, one dollar. Come on, even if you sign up for one month, you spend one dollar. You just go and you watch all of the backlog in that month. You just watch every MCU match or MCU every exhibition match. Just watch them. Like I'm not saying that that's what you should do, but if you're if you're so strapped for cash, but you can you know you can maybe. Square off one dollar a year, fuck. Do it once a year, then you know what I mean. One dollar, boom. Watch everything that's there. Then a year later, do it again and watch all of the exhibition matches again. I mean, hey, it's great content, and I highly recommend checking it out. All right, folks, that that does it for me. This uh, this has been episode number fifty six of Talking Schmodown. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for uh, joining me. You know, this has been, uh, I, I've loved doing this show for the last uh, two years and uh, a little over a year and a half. So getting close to, to two years. Uh, once Spectacular hits, that'll be two years. But, uh, you know, it's it's been a blast. And coming back after, uh, you know, a whole lot of shit like I talked about, you know, my dad dying, my you know, my marriage ending. And you know, losing my job and everything too, you know. So it's been it's been rough. So this has been something that's really kind of kept me sane, I guess you could say. You know, being part of this community, I've been trying to really reach out more, be more involved. Because sometimes I shut down on in inside myself. You know, I'm sure a lot of people understand that. But uh, yeah, and and doing this stuff live has really helped me to kind of uh, open up a bit more. I was always real nervous about doing video, especially doing live, but uh, it's, I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. I, I really appreciate uh, all the support that I've gotten. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can reach out to me as you can see. There it is at movie blog, Merck, uh, right on the Twitters on anchor on Instagram. I post there sometimes uh, all at movie blog, Merck. Then uh, Facebook and YouTube at Merck with a Movie Blog. Uh, I'm going to be doing some more uh, stuff. Um, I'm going to try to do like some trailer reactions and stuff like that on the YouTube channel uh, and stuff like that. I believe the Dune trailer drops tomorrow, so uh, my plan will be to do a reaction to that. I, I don't know a whole lot about Dune, but I'm going to react to the trailer because it 
fucking sounds awesome. Just saying. Uh, yeah. And and also be sure to check out uh, MerkWithMovieBlog.com. Haven't done a whole lot there. I've been trying to get my motivation up. You know, depression sucks. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of you out there who suffer from it. And it fucking sucks. It kicks your ass and it stops you from doing a lot of great things. And so I'm tra- I'm trying. And I will I will do my best to get something out. I'm working on a, a review to, to get something out uh, within the next couple of days, hopefully. Uh, I, I got a, a screener for a movie that hasn't come out yet. So I'm actually pretty excited to check that out. It's uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not probably not my cup of tea as a movie goes. But uh, maybe I'll enjoy it. I don't know. We'll see. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to get that review done and you'll be able to see it as well. All right. So be sure to hit me up on all those social medias. And I uh, guess that's it, guys. So we're going to head out. And uh, as I end every show saying uh, thank you for joining me. And we have been talking Schmodown. Catch you next time. Uh...